1: Hello and welcome to another glorious pre-flight episode. Uh We're happy to be here. That
2: doesn't sound sincere, Gil.
1: Why does that not sound sincere? <laughs> you
2: said glorious.
1: It's going to be a fucking great time.
2: Uh, okay. All right. Cool. I'm um, just World
1: because you hold. Sadness and darkness in your heart doesn't mean you have to bring the whole I show mean, down
2: are you trying to seriously tell these people who've been Maybe some of whom, one of whom mm-hmm. have been watching for three years That you have no darkness in your heart Nobody's
1: sat here for 181 episodes prior to today I And not seen the joy with. in my eyes
2: Uh oh, <laughs> Your dead, lifeless doll's eyes <laughs> uh, Well, welcome to another pre-flight See, that's how you can fake warmth can fake it
1: That didn't sound Any different than What I did
2: No you said Welcome to another Glorious pre-flight How does that sound That's,
1: That's not it. We're gonna play The tape back We, we go should down on pre-flight We should
2: When uh, whoever edits This put it in The lower third And let's just Pause for a sec Do your line read put, put, No no Let's just play What Gil said And then play What I said And then Indicated And then you Be the judge okay. No we're just Gonna let the Viewer decide Hit it. Well, The one viewer Will decide And if you at
1: stupid Gil, yeah, at at stupid Gil, yeah,
2: let let us us know know who. Gil usually, Gil usually wins the nice contest, but that time, first of all, that's because you guys don't really know him. Second,
1: I wasn't aware that that was a nice contest.
2: eh, It kind of sometimes is because people are, you know, they're like Jason always picks on Gil, which I do, which he deserves wholeheartedly. Ask anyone. Well, don't ask these people who work here.
1: So. Who are the two groups of people who are supposed to ask whether oh. I deserve it, and oh. then also are siding with me? That I think they
2: should. I think they should ask anyone who knows you really well. Okay. If they don't, then they don't really. Then they shouldn't answer, because okay, you know anyone who doesn't know you well is going to be bamboozled by your ability to be fake. So I think they should ask your wife. Okay. I think she would answer honestly.
1: And that I deserve to get picked on you? Oh yeah. She's gonna.
2: She said that last night. In fact. When we were all hanging out together. Yeah. I think you went, he misunderstood. You went to the bathroom. Ah, it's hard to misunderstand. He deserves it. Mm. <laughs> uh, we've gotten a slightly off track. So what we're going to do is bring it back to today's topic, which is the movie The Wings of Oneyames. Or I don't know if it's Onyamis, I can't remember. I will confess. I watched it last year, and I didn't rewatch it prior to this episode. You just watched it, so is it Wings of Honeamis or Oneamis?
1: I think it's oh, I think the H is silent.
2: Oneamis. Oneamis. Because it's got that. Yeah. Not umlaut or whatever they call that. So, uh, this movie is from 1987? Correct. And it is the first, um basically the first thing from Gainax.
1: Yeah, their first feature.
2: Yeah, um, and they partnered with Bandai Visual, who had never done a feature. and got That's a- how old this movie is. <laughs> yeah, and they got a huge, massive budget that they totally blew, and then the movie did not recoup. Um, but somehow they sold the head of Bandai Visual on this crazy two-hour, very slow-moving, very cerebral... Movie about two uh, warring nation states in an alternate Earth who are trying to achieve space flight. So it's basically. A reimagining of the space race from the 60s here, where uh, the US and the Soviets were trying to race to, to see who would be the first person to go into space, who would be the first person to put a satellite in orbit, who would be the first person to go to the moon. And so this is a recreation of that, but imagining a industrialized society in an alternate Earth, where the idea of space travel is like an impossible dream. And uh, so we follow two main characters. We follow this guy who is a member of the Royal Space Force, which is, so Oneamis is is a nation state that's fighting the Republic, another nation state, and the Republic has way more money and power, and Oneamis wants to galvanize the population by being the first to launch a man into space, and so our main character decides he wants to be that man. And so the movie is mostly his journey and the journey of his girlfriend, who is a religious...
1: She's like a missionary. She's
2: like a missionary, yeah. And so she inspires him to want to be a better person and... Yeah, he's kind
1: of a drifter. I mean, I don't think you can be a drifter astronaut candidate, but he's not (laughs) super motivated. He's just in the program and... I guess I'll do this. Maybe I'll go to space.
2: And in a typical 80s fashion, basically, the movie is the journey of a guy who has to get inspired by a woman to do... Get off his his, ass. Get off his ass. (laughs) Um so as oldest time. And and so it, the movie ends with basically him getting into space um and this hopeful message of like maybe things are gonna be okay.
1: Yeah, the Kingdom and the Republic are on the brink of a war and there's like political intrigue on whether or not launching this space flight will push them past war or make it set worse. it up to where they're on the battlefront battle lines so that they'll see everything and it'll draw the war to a to push him over the brink sooner.
2: Yeah. And so what it actually does is everyone stops and is like, ah, And then the snow falls. We have achieved spaceflight. Um, so it's a nice poetic ending. Um, the movie came out and flopped. I mean, it, it didn't flop hard, but it definitely didn't recoup its money. And it did. Uh, they were trying to set it up like uh, Nausicaa in terms of... Um, routing it around the world for screenings and stuff. In the UK it had a scene cut and was presented sort of differently and then it had a really terrible adaptation in the US and then since then it's been remastered a couple times but there's still not been like a really nice version of it. You can get it on Blu-ray but it's not like a remastered version. Um I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful, I mean, I think you could say it's one of the most detailed and beautiful animated movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, That's fucking bananas. Yeah. That's crazy. That's just a background. Like, one of many. So, uh, Sadamoto, who did the main designs for, uh, Fuli uh, worked on this, with Anno, who, of course, would go on to direct Evangelion. Um, so there are some legendary people who worked on this show, uh, I mean, on this movie. Um, and I think, I think beyond the animation, it's just a really slow movie. Like, I remember renting it when I was in my teens, because I heard about this great, and I watched it, and I remember being like, it's nothing's a, happening. What yeah. the fuck? Like it's I was- like a
1: coming-of-age tale and a political thriller where nobody really goes to war, and the big culmination is they launch a rocket. Yeah, so it's I mean, like in it, terms of yeah. world-building and the fate of the universe and fighting, none of that. It's a,
2: it's just a drama. Basically, yeah. it's about a guy and 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 a woman and their relationship and how they each achieve sort of enlightenment in their in own the, in their own way.
1: Totally fucked up choice that they make <laughs> yeah. in and the scene. That yeah. Then,
2: so then there's one scene that I think everyone you know i think is another reason why this movie didn't take off which is there's a scene where sort of one of the culminating scenes of the movie is our main character who sort of has this fascination with the woman character they're friends but he wants to be more than friends and there's this and she's very religious so she doesn't want to be more than friends and there's a scene where he basically becomes frustrated that she doesn't want to become more than friends and, and almost rapes her. And in the 80s, I think that scene was played for like, oh, look at this bad choices. The bad choices he's making because he's just frustrated and blocked in his life and he's trying to take it out on her and that's that's not good. And then her reaction was is like, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Yeah. I've led you on. Which is so 80s Japanese that, you know, I mean, obviously if you watch it through today's Cultural window, it's totally fucked up. Yeah. In the '80s, it was like just part of the guy's journey. Like, ah, oh, you know, I almost, I tried to rape her, but then we we figured it wasn't a good thing. So I think that scene, for understandable reasons, makes it hard for people to stomach, you know, the movie because and it- you
1: don't. Like it was cut, like you're saying, in the UK version. You don't so need it. You don't people need like, Some people are like, I don't understand. What scene are you talking about? Like I've never seen.
2: Yeah. Some people don't see a problem with it. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, like we were just talking about. Movies like Revenge of the Nerds or Sixteen Candles, which have like date rape scenes and they're played for comedy. I think things were very different yeah. in the 80s. It was 35 years ago. Um, so something to keep in mind if you decide to watch this movie. Trigger trigger warning there For is real. that scene you and know.
1: whoever wrote the wikipedia entry is also super fucked up because it's like their rift was mended by her kindness and it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you
2: um, so. so what I have here is the original trailer for the movie from 87 which has a sweet ass 87 (laughs) soundtrack i really like uh and then we'll show it's a scene it's in japanese because i couldn't really find anything good online but a scene that'll just show you how beautiful the animation is but let's watch the trailer first So <laughs> I love that song. Um, really cool designs, obviously, like just amazing um, design work. Um, and then here's a scene um, that's just a, uh, basically the, the two countries going to war scene or, you know, some battling that happens. So check it out.
3: I can see smoke from the shooting!
2: Yeah, so yeah, that's the penultimate scene in the film where the fighting is about to encroach on the launch platform and they do it at the last minute. Obviously based on a on shuttle launches from the 80s, apparently they based the design of the ship launch from uh, the Space Shuttle Discovery, which is now retired in this awful era we live in. But it used to be a regular thing for kids of my generation and Gil's generation. We used to be able to watch Space Shuttle launches all the time. Um not anymore so uh that led us to our topic for the week oh 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 we're gonna do that now okay we thought uh something that was germane to this was when we got to visit well gil didn't
1: i was forbidden from going and then by me after the fact was like oh why didn't you go yeah
2: uh, gil was forbidden by our boss the idea at the time
1: was that i really wanted to go because i thought it'd be cool and i would just pa or do whatever and Sean was like, no, no, you should just do your own. And then afterwards, like, why didn't you go on that one? <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: Fuck. Yeah. So this was the first. Um, we used to have Tom do interviews with real life people because the idea was, why don't we, you know inspire some kids and show them that they can do other things and other jobs and sort yeah. of just the idea was to highlight people with unusual or interesting jobs this is and the just
1: other to, idea was for us to go see cool stuff and go
2: well and yeah that was the other things. idea so the first thing i sold sean on was we should interview an astronaut because that is a really yeah. cool job to talk about and it's germane to a show about a robot in space so we went down to um Cocoa beach and uh, went to NASA and spent a couple days interviewing the astronaut Robert Kerbeam. And uh, that's up on YouTube still. So here is Tom visiting NASA.
4: All oh, you guys make such a big deal about going into outer space.
0: I live there, so it's no big thing to me. But I wanted to see how humans do it. I
5: headed over to NASA to get me an astronaut. Found a guy named Robert Kerbeam. Check him out. Six,
3: seven, three... Hi, my name is Robert Kerbeam. I'm a commander in the United States Navy, and I'm an astronaut. We have a go for man to start. I've been to space twice. I was on two missions. The first one was mission STS-85 on board the space shuttle Discovery, and my second mission was STS-98 on board the space shuttle Atlantis. And liftoff of space shuttle Atlantis... I decided I wanted to become an astronaut after taking a field trip to Johnson Space Center and I met a woman named Kathy Thornton who was an astronaut. After talking to her I decided that I wanted to do the same job that she did. The astronaut candidate training took about a year. The training is actually like going to Disneyland only getting paid to do it. Uh, we do a lot of simulators. We learn how uh, to handle different types of emergencies. We learn how to do spacewalks. Uh, we learn how to do all of our experiments that uh, are scheduled to do on that mission. We would really like it if you get a good shot of the a- Port Ecom Antenna. During our training, we go to the Neutral Buoyancy Lab, and uh, the Neutral Buoyancy Lab is really just a big swimming pool, and we actually practice our spacewalks there on full-scale mock-ups of the two space vehicles. The training's pretty cool, and and it's fitting because doing spacewalks is pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, man. I love doing spacewalks. Okay, guys. Being in space is just the greatest thing in the world. The view is incredible. The earth is beautiful. It's faster than uh, any car or any ride you've ever had in your life. Weightlessness is kind of a weird feeling, but uh, the best way I could describe it is probably being underwater in a pool where you don't have to hold your breath and your vision isn't very blurry. It's um, a totally peaceful feeling. The vehicle we're in front of is called the crawler. We use it to take a mobile launch platform and a space shuttle out to the launch pad and the whole stack weighs about 15 million pounds when it's all said and done. I've been on the uh, space shuttle Discovery and the space shuttle Atlantis, and Discovery is definitely my favorite. I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for Discovery just because it you was know, my first time, and uh, the ride is a lot smoother. And going to orbit on board Discovery, it's just rock solid. It, it flies like a tense muscle. Space food really isn't very different from the food that you have every day, but the packaging is a little bit different. Peach yogurt is a grilled pork chop. I eat a lot of shrimp cocktail on orbit, but this is probably my favorite, and that's chocolate. Becoming an astronaut isn't much different from getting any other government job. You apply uh, via the standard form 171, and uh, hopefully they pick your name from a list of probably 3,000 to interview, and if you're lucky enough, they pick you to ride in the spaceship. Copy that, plan. My favorite astronaut is probably Neil Armstrong, and just because he was part of the team that did something that's truly great, and it took a lot of bravery to do what he and his team did. If I had to give any advice to the kids that were watching this show right now, I would just say try to be the best at whatever you do and do something that you really enjoy. Uh, Life is too short not to really enjoy what you're doing every day. So I would definitely go and seek out something that allowed me to have a lot of fun while I was working. I did that, and hopefully you'll get to do the same. Roger that. We're watching.
2: So, uh, when we filmed that, we got stuck in the launch platform elevator for about an hour. And while we were in the elevator, it was actually going <laughs> like it was going to, you know. Uh, and we were terrified. Uh, it was just us, the film crew, and a bunch of tourists. And they rescued us, firemen came and pulled us out of the thing and afterwards we were interviewing Kerbeam, the astronaut about it, and I was like, Do you guys get stuck? Like when you're do you ever get stuck? He's like, Oh yeah, I get stuck all the time and I'm like, Don't you get freaked out? He's like, I mean, my job is that I sit on a rocket that they light and explode me into space, so we're not too worried about the elevator and I was like, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was fun, and I'm sorry that you didn't get to go.
1: Me too, but you did bring me back some space mac and cheese that I still which have, you my
2: still have. <laughs> I wonder if it's still good. I mean, Probably. I wonder if it was ever it's good. Freeze dried, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see if it has a date on it. So now we can talk about our uh, our topic of the day, which is our favorite movie about outer space um so this could be interpreted in a lot of ways um i obviously most of the movies that are about outer space are nonfiction because uh, otherwise space doesn't you're exist you're just telling a story about nasa well i mean as everyone knows the earth is flat right. and the moon landings never happened so it's all fiction anyway right um so first up for me is uh, alfonso cuaron's gravity Which came out a couple years back. He is in the news lately because he has a new movie, Roma, that's supposed to be amazing. Um, I really loved Gravity. I thought it was great. When it came out, uh, it was a little bit... uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of got himself in hot water by talking a bunch of shit about how the physics and stuff weren't realistic. And then a whole bunch of astronauts were like, no, it's pretty fucking realistic. So I think... (laughs) I'll take their word over old Neil's, even though Neil's a brilliant person, obviously, um, but maybe a bit of a killjoy when it comes to movies. Quaron uh, himself admitted that he had to take a few liberties just in terms of making an entertaining movie, but that for the most part, they did their absolute best to replicate what it might really be like to be trapped in space. And uh, a couple of the astronauts m- mentioned stuff like finer details, that they have specific clamps that only they use at NASA for spacewalks, and they had those exact clamps in the movie, and they were like, oh, yeah, they know, they know their shit. So I just thought that was funny. So this is the scene. Um, this movie has a lot of continuous shots, and that's sort of quaron's signature, and I think some people get annoyed by it and some people like it. I think sometimes when it's used really well, like he does, it's really immersive. Like you just are in the scene. And so let's watch the the first big scene in the movie, and watch how things slowly go wrong. Till by the end, you're shitting your pants for the next two uh, for the next two straight hours. And what happens here is a real danger that has happened to space stations before, not at this catastrophic level, but we have over five hundred thousand pieces of space junk orbiting the Earth from our various trips that they are currently tracking. So uh, let's so watch. When
1: you go to space, clean up your shit. <laughs>
3: Hands.
5: iss this is houston explorer this is houston go ahead houston mission abort repeat mission abort initiate emergency disconnect from hubble begin re-entry procedure ISS, initiate emergency evacuation. Copy all
0: Houston ended work. Matt, immediate return to explore. Repeat, immediate return to explore.
5: Copy, explore, prep airlock.
0: Airlock engaged, ready to receive. Houston,
5: elaborate. Debris from the missile strike has caused a chain reaction, hitting other satellites and creating new debris. Traveling faster than a high-speed bullet up towards your altitude, now copy. Copy all put a bow on it Dr. Stone.
0: I can't. The board is still initializing.
5: I'm not going to ask you again. One second. Not one second, now. Shut it down. That's an order.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done. Kowalski, initiate emergency disconnect from the hubble.
5: All right, Sharif, let's do this. Roger Houston update? Well, we have a full-on chain reaction. It's been confirmed that it's the unintentional side effect of the Russians striking one of their own satellites. They shot down their own satellite. Right at disposal. Most likely a spy sat gone bad. Now shrapnel. Explorer ready to disengage HSD. Locks releasing in three,
0: two, one.
5: Explorer, new data coming through. What's the blowback, Houston? It's not good. Most of our systems are gone. Debris chain reaction is out of control and rapidly expanding. Multiple satellites are down and they keep on falling. To find multiple satellites? Most of them are gone. Telecommunication systems are dead. Expect a communication blackout at any moment.
0: Kowalski vision of debris, 9 o'clock.
5: Half of North America just lost their Facebook. Explore, repeat. Expect a communication blackout at any moment. Copy that, Gibson. Explore. This is Kowalski confirming visual contact with debris. Debris is from a BSE stat. Go. Repeat. I am. Doctor Stone requesting faster transport. We have to go. We have to go. 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 Kennedy reports meteorological conditions. Don't go. Houston,
0: explore. Copy. Explore. Doctor Stone requesting faster transport to Bay Area. Explore. New copy. Explore.
5: Permission to retrieve Doctor Stone. Your
0: go. For. Houston, explore. Copy.
4: Craft.
5: We need to get the hell out
4: of here. Help will Man No,
5: don't wait has down. Man down. Man down! Explore's been hit. Astronaut is off-structure, Dr. Stone. is off-structure. Dr. Stone, detach. You must detach. You don't detach that arm for the carry you too far. Listen to my voice. You need to focus. I'm losing visual of you. In a few seconds, I won't be able to drag you. You need to detach. I can't see you anymore. Do it now. Houston, I've lost visual of Dr. Stone. Houston, I've lost visual of Dr. Stone.
2: The Miller. end, <laughs> uh, but yeah, awesome movie, very tense movie. I love how they don't have any of the sound because, of course, you can't hear sound in space, so you're just hearing the broadcast while all this crazy shit is going on, you're not hearing any of it. Um, so a, I think a good movie that replicates as close as anyone can what it's like to be in space, and people that have been in space seem to agree, yeah. Um, Next up, uh, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, which I think gets a lot of shit um, because it's a super earnest movie and people like to give Nolan shit, but um, I like it. I don't have any issues with it, especially since the main thing is about a dad and his daughter, so I can relate. Um, This movie got a lot of praise from physicists for what they felt was an accurate portrayal of what it might be like to go through a... Uh, a wormhole and also what it the the Einsteinian sort of multiple equations of time differentials and stuff due to time space travel. So I don't understand much of that at all, but I know that they worked very hard to accurately portray what physicists think this stuff would be like. Um, So however you feel about the movie, that part of it at least is, is supposedly accurate. So this is a scene that I think is a cool scene where they're trying to, Matt Damon's character has stolen a ship They have gotten onto a backup ship And they're chasing him He's trying to dock his ship uh, Without doing the proper procedure Which causes a disaster And so uh, Matthew McConaughey's character Has to dock his ship after it in, an, in a crazy maneuver that's only the badass pilot that he is could do So let's check that out
4: There is a moment
0: It is not...
5: Fuel Channel to analyze the endurance's
3: spin. What are you doing? Docking.
5: Endurance rotation is 67, 68 RPM. Okay, get ready to match our spin with the retro thrusters. It's not possible. No. It's necessary. Stratosphere.
1: She's got no
0: heat shield.
5: Hey, she ready? Ready. Cooper, this is no time for caution. Ace, if I black out, you take a stick. Gars? Engage the docking mechanism. The turrets is starting to heat. Twenty feet out. I need three degrees starboard, Cooper. Ten feet out. Cooper, we are lined up.
4: Initiating spin.
2: So, uh,
1: there comes a time.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, love, I, I love Matt Damon's exit. <laughs> there comes a time. There is a moment. Eat it. Um, and then finally, uh, I went for the right for the easy target and, and the, the right stuff, which is the true story of the original manned space flights and test flights that led up to those space flights from all of the old-school, badass American heroes that ended up um, paving the way for space travel, which we now no longer do. Um, to
1: America Badass playing underneath. Yeah, the American Sub-
2: Badass! But it is a terrific movie. Uh, classic for a very good reason. So uh, I is think this the scene
1: where the shrapnel's flying all around and they got a
2: no. I can't remember what scene. I can't remember space. what scene I have. I think this is John Glenn first hitting first man in space. Um, let's check that out.
5: blackout no communications are possible for a few
2: minutes then we'll know so yeah that's john glenn's first re-entry after the first man space uh, orbit and they basically did not know if what they built it was all theoretical so they had a guy up there and didn't know if the and heat it was all fucked up if the heat shielding would Basically, not I'll, I'll allow him to survive the reentry. Um, What's going to
1: happen? I don't know. Hold this aluminum foil pillow and let's see what happens.
2: Yeah. Um, so those are three of my favorite movies about space travel.
1: Strong choices, all. Um, I went a slightly different route and picked some not super earnest looks at space, uh, but movies that I like a lot. Um, and first is the 1999 greatest Star Trek episode ever, Galaxy Quest, um, with all these people in it. And uh, this movie doesn't take a really strong look at what it actually is like to go to space. (laughs) This is more of a look at what would it be like if people thought Star Trek was real and built a ship around it. So Tim Allen plays uh, Jason Nesmith, who also then is an actor playing Captain whatever the fuck his name is in this What's his name? Do you remember?
2: Uh, no, I can't remember. Um, I only remember that her character's name is DeMarco. <laughs> so it's like Gwen DeMarco. They're
1: at a he. This is basically the Star Trek cast. They're at a convention, and he's approached by what he thinks are fans and a group trying to book him onto a show. Uh, it turns out that they're actually space aliens, and they want him to come fight this war because they believe that. This Galaxy Quest show is in fact real. So this is. We need your help. After uh, Jason has been beamed up and he's come back for the rest of his crew, and they are coming up on what is basically the teleporter uh, for the first time.
0: You see, we work together, or not at all. Wonderful. The commander had me continue transmission in case you changed your mind. Protector, requesting four interstellar. What? Me too. Five pods for immediate departure.
5: guys i look forward to meeting you all in person when you arrive at the ship
0: end transmission oh my god
1: anybody got any change
4: apologies
5: we forgot about our appearance generators so you guys came who wants the grand tour Ah! Ah! anybody else that was a hell of a thing what's
1: wrong with them i don't know come on Evidently, Sam Rockwell wasn't supposed to scream, and Sir Gordon Weaver was actually reacting to him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yelling.
2: That's funny.
1: Um, next is uh, a very earnest look at what it was like to parody the Star Wars films... Uh, and that is Spaceballs. You just, Mel Brooks, nineteen eighty-seven.
2: Just, just said "fuck it" and just pick movies you like.
1: The uh, my favorite movies about outer space.
2: It's not about outer space, though, in any way. Sure, it is. It happens in outer space. It's not about outer space. That's different. Potato tomato. Uh, okay.
1: Uh, this movie was Mel Brooks wanting to make a parody of Star Wars, and he actually got George Lucas's permission. And ILM did the effects. The one caveat was that. Uh, they wouldn't let him make any merchandising because george lucas unlike the asshole at fox who made that deal realized that there was a lot of money in action figures um what do you do look like you were trying to compare you and rick moranis
2: no, as I'm, I'm just amazed at your talk it's amazing
1: speaking of assholes let's check out this clip uh where rick moranis finds out that his ship is a bunch of assholes
3: Vespa spaceship within range, sir.
5: Good.
4: Fire a warning shot across her nose. What's going on? It's either the 4th of July, or someone's trying to kill us! Hey! I
5: don't have to put up with this. I'm rich! What are you doing? I'm calling my father. one 800
4: yeah. Careful, you idiot. I said across her nose, not up it. Sorry, sir. I'm doing my best. Who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. Gunners
1: made first-class Philip asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! I knew it! I'm surrounded
4: by assholes! Keep firing, assholes! Uh, Hurry, Daddy,
5: hurry! There are laser blasts all around us! I'm scared!
4: King Roland to Lone Star! King Roland to Lone Star! Are you there? Lone Star, you've got to help me. Please, save my daughter. She's being attacked by Spaceballs. Spaceballs? Forget it. Too dangerous. Besides, I'm already numero uno on Dark Helmet's hit list. Look, Your Highness, it's not that we're afraid. Far from it. It's just that we got this thing about death. It's not us. Please, you must. You're the only ones that can save her. I'll give you anything. Did you hear me? Anything. Anything? Yes, Anything. Okay, we'll do it for a million. A million? Oh, you're starting to fade here. We're losing picture, your highness. All right, all right, I'll pay it. Only find her, save her. All right, King, you just made a deal. One princess for one million space bucks. What's she driving? A brand new white Mercedes 2001 SEL limited edition. Moonroof, all leather interior. I got it at a very good price. I paid cash. My cousin, Prince Murray, has a dealership in the valley. He was very nice to me. We get the idea. Where was she last seen? She was just passing Jupiter too. We'll find her. Please bring her back safely. And if it's at all possible, try to save the car. One million space bucks! We'll be able to pay off Pizza the Hut! Gimme paw.
1: Classic. You can tell that's Bill Pullman's first movie because his teeth are all fucked up. <laughs> um, and last is a movie that was Before its time, I would say, the 1984 uh, CG classic, The Last
2: Starfighter, every. You're using classic. Young. Very broadly here.
1: (laughs) uh, They're remaking it.
2: That doesn't mean it's. Reimagining, but the sequel. No, they
1: would never reboot something that wasn't classic. Okay. Um, This is the story of one, Alex Rogan, who lives in a trailer park or a mobile cave that never goes anywhere. And he is a very good Starfighter video game player. And unfortunately, nothing else in his life is going right. But he wins Starfighter, which turns out to actually be a recruitment tool. So
2: it's the ultimate one man's trash. Indeed. Recruitment tool for the actual war with Zur. Do you wish that you would get recruited because you're... Fuck
1: yeah. Why do you think they made this movie? Yeah. With the Kodan Armada on its way with Zur to invade. And he is, in fact... The Last Starfighter.
2: Gotcha. And are you going to show the Death Blossom scene?
1: No. Um, Robert Preston recruits Alex. Um, he is... not Nakasabi, what the hell is his name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, to That's come for sure. and Sorry. fight <laughs> The battle. With <laughs> Danny Hurley, who's also the old man in RoboCop. Dick. I'm very yep. disappointed.
2: Yep. It's-
1: he plays Grig, who is his co-pilot... And it never really makes a whole lot of sense why Greg isn't better at being a starfighter than Alex would be.
2: But Alex is specifics. a white man. Of course, he's better.
1: It's eighties. Ah, I guess that does make sense. He it's played not.
2: video game. He's automatically better than a guy who's been practicing it for however long. <laughs> yeah. in reality, hundreds of years.
1: Um, so this is basically the end of the movie. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm going to spoiler gonna spoil alert. Um, but this is uh, on par with some of the great. Badass Gundam death scenes of just knowing you're dead and accepting your fate. So let's check it out.
4: Forget the guns! Running speed! Greg, we need power! Death Blossom strained all power. I'm working on it. I'm trying to, to run boost. we have left is life support part.
2: Steering out! Divert! Divert! She won't answer the helm! We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We
4: die.
1: Much like the Tom scene set up right outside NASA headquarters, the animation really holds up all these years later. Yeah,
2: it looked like Tron. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's the same year.
2: Only not as good as Tron looks. Yeah, they uh,
1: made some yeah. some production choices that in the end weren't great. But I like that movie.
2: commend your unique choices.
1: Let's see how Adult Swim Facebook's picks line up with our
2: own. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was... Just rewatched that. Interstellar, uh, *Event Horizon*, *Alien*, *Star Wars*. Yeah, all pretty good picks. Yeah.
1: And the tsunami Facebook choices.
2: <laughs> I went too fast. *Star Wars* first among tsunami. Ah, *Spaceballs*. Yeah. *Guardians of the Galaxy*. Fifth element. Fifth element. Cool. Well, I thought
1: about doing Fifth Element, but it didn't quite fit into my. No, for,
2: do they? Well, I guess they. They don't go to... Well, they do go to space because they get on that giant cruise line, cruiser. But, yeah, not a movie about... Well, I mean, obviously, we're not on the same page about that anyway. Sure. So let's go to our sneak peeks, and I'm going to let you run through those, Gil. They seem exciting, so you can go ahead and talk about
1: them. Uh, First up is My Hero Academia, uh, this Saturday night at 10 p.m. for the final time hearing. uh september 29th we're moving one hour earlier as is my hero but for this week it's saturday the at moves 10 tonight uh-huh.
2: oh it moves to 9 30 doesn't kai start off the block oh, okay. can we go to nine no uh, maybe i don't know comes yeah, earlier we're gonna sure, verify pretty sure <laughs> that's for next week's uh, flight okay, gotcha we'll deal with that then
4: on the next all new episode of my hero academia pay hey, <laughs>
5: So you excited?
4: Yep.
3: You can't say a word to him. <sighs>
4: Welcome our Best players! I have to be strong enough to become number one.
3: Mon Hero Academia,
4: Saturday at 10. Hold up. <laughs> Looks like Class One is going full on fan service! <laughs> <laughs> what? You tripped? us? Only tsunami on Adult
2: Swim.
1: It turns out 9.30 is correct uh, for September It's amazing Guy that for
2: once I was right about a schedule and you were wrong. Usually it's the complete opposite. Um,
1: I was really focused in all of my energy on... It's really about this show. One game at a time.
2: As long as you're here Just, at a time that suits you.
1: Yeah. Step it up. Uh, and then next is Dragon Ball Super... Which will be this at ten thirty its normal time, but we'll be shifting uh, I'm just gonna fuck as well. It'll be eleven, <laughs> I think, but let's check out the topical it is 11, for this you know.
2: one. On the next all new episode of Dragon Ball Super, i better ease myself into this, since I can't sense this guy's energy.
4: Mm-hmm. Ah! 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 All right! Behold this ah! poison blow. Breathe it in, then fall to your hands and knees and surrender! Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 10.30. Now finish him off! Oh, I'm on it.
3: <gasps> Only Toonami on Adult Swim. <laughs> I
2: love that last shot. Uh,
1: so Super will be moving to 11 on the 29th, but will be at 10.30 this coming Saturday. And then next is Attack on Titan, uh, which is at 11.
2: They want and we'll be moving an hour later to midnight. Midnight.
1: Um, so let's check out that one.
2: On the next all-new episode of Attack on Titan. They're finally disbanding the scout regiment. They're building those gallows to hang the commander from.
4: You have been found guilty of violating clause 6 of the Charter of Humanity. Your sentence is death. Catch an all-new episode of Attack on Titan, Saturday at 11, only Toonami on Adult Swim.
1: And then next is Fully Cooly Alternative, which will remain locked in at 11.30 p.m., so we won't have to worry about... Changing that uh, And let's check out The topical For this week's episode Uh What is Haruko doing here? Sexy doctor Really works for her. I need to take A closer look Remove all your
4: clothing Right Oh you uh, girls Are so naughty
1: Parental guidance Suggested adult situations May occur Uh And then the finale Of Pop Team Epic Is this coming Saturday night At midnight um, and let's check out just a little moment from that finale.
2: Just a moment. On the series finale of Pop Team Epic. That's what growing up is. You're
4: the same. I know what he complaining. Except for you. Except for you, man. It just
2: shows that you're not doing your best. Pop Team Epic. Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Thus, some
1: people are going to be happy to see pop team go, but how long Thus is
2: ended team? the pop team experiment? Um,
1: and with every sad ending to a show, a new bright little star begins and that will be Boruto, but not at the time. Cause we're moving that all around. So Boruto will be at ten thirty on September 29th. Uh, so we just barely missed getting this into last week's pre-flight. Uh, Let's and you may have in. seen it on air and on our Facebook, but it might be, it's a, making its Tsunami pre-flight world premiere now.
2: If you haven't seen it, it's new to you.
1: Indeed. So here's the Boruto trailer. Peace and stability of our modern world has brought about big changes.
0: The Hidden Leaf Village is getting more and more modern. But of course, starting tomorrow, we still have to attend that old-fashioned ninja academy.
4: (gasps) This institute was the Hidden Leaf's training center for Shinobi.
0: (gasps) Boruto Uzumaki has arrived on the scene, you know? This is going to be the place where I make my mark on the world.
4: You think you're special? Go hide in your father's shadow. I don't want to be your little friend, Hokage's
1: boy.
0: You cause trouble nearly every single time. What's your deal?
1: This is supposed to be another one of your pranks. You can see it too, huh, Boruto?
0: Oh no, is it happening again?
4: You really shouldn't overdo it.
0: Whatever path I choose, you won't have anything to do with my dad. Because this is my story.
3: Orato premiering September
2: 29th at 10:30. The age of Shinobi is over. Only tsunami on Adult Swim. Oh yeah, nice. Um, and then next up, we have part two of Dana Swanson's adventures at Dragon Con, which she is calling DanaCon. Uh, last week we saw part one, and this is the. Is there going to be more parts?
1: I think that's still to be determined. Okay. There, it might be a two of two or two of three. Okay. It won't be the final Danacon segment, regardless. Well, of course,
2: uh, but it Danacon Con be the, will continue. Yes, but let's uh, check out part two of Dragon Con.
0: Hey guys, it's part two of Danacon DragonCon, Here we go. Okay, everybody, back to the panels. I gotta love the Gonzo quiz show, always a good time, dumb games. And speaking of dumb games, I got to develop an event called Tag Team Karaoke. That's something where I wanted uh, friends of mine to do karaoke songs and then switch off with audience members, which was super fun. Um, so while one person was singing, another person did Dumb Activity. It turned into lovely chaos by the end. Speaking of chaos, Deadpool running the camera during the tsunami panel? Needed to watch those Zooms, son okay if you're from atlanta and you do the dragon con thing it's kind of tradition to cosplay i did probably my laziest cosplay of all time it's dana scully which was i had a scully wig and i kind of just wanted to wear some of her clothes and some of my clothes and i was a version of me but also scully something i want to do for like 25 years why not check out me with amanda goodbread duncan as john wick so good Okay, so what were the big costumes this year? You got Black Panther, you got Overwatch, you got My Hero Academia, holler Tsunami. And anything involving the Marriott carpet, the old Marriott carpet that is, is always going to be hot. Uh, well, here's some more costumes, including my two, two Aloys. As always, the People's Republic adventure was going strong with a scavenger hunt. How cool, and the cruise shadows showed up in force. I still don't understand them, but my friend Ed does. Hey, tell me about that.
2: We're here exclusively for the cruise shadows, and always have been. Hi, Rogue, we love you.
0: Thanks, Ed. All in all, it was a great time for friends, cosplay, art, panels, Buying earrings and clothes. I definitely need it. Dice. Too many people in small spaces and chatting about what I do here at Adult Swim slash tsunami and uh, and voice acting on Dark Ages. Yes, I'm wearing a dark age. Da- <laughs> dark Ages, Dark Ages yoga tank. You guys, it's time for my savasana. Back to you guys
2: fun uh dana always has fun at cons i wish i could have as much fun as she does but i'm not uh, built for con fun um so next up is this week's adult swim single which is a song by sound of series uh they are a pretty great band they're going to be at our adult swim festival october 5th through 7th in downtown la they also um have been on Off the Air a few times. Um, so, this is a new song from them called Star Shroud. So, let's check that out. <laughs> Get that at adultswim.com slash singles and come back next week where we'll have another new song for the next year straight. And if you want to see Sound of Series live, you can check them out at the Adult Swim Festival in L.A. And uh, go to Adult
1: adultswimfestival.com to get You can also tickets. see Jason and I's two-man acoustic jam band performing at the Adult Swim Festival as well. Two schlubs. Yeah
2: um and then uh this week we also released a whole ass album uh <laughs> by, called awful swim so, uh, about three, it was a long time ago, about three years ago, I reached out to Awful Records, who's an Atlanta crew of rappers who makes a bunch of music that I like and asked if they wanted to do an Adult Swim compilation. We decided to call it Awful Swim. And over the next couple of years, uh, Father, who is the main sort of driving force and rapper and producer behind Awful Records, uh, sort of got himself a record deal at rca which is great and decided to turn this into almost more of a solo album so this is an album uh by father called awful swim and it's got uh, a few awful records people on it it's got slug christ and abra who are uh both people that have appeared on awful records and then it's also got the soundcloud rapper rico nasty who's pretty great so this is our is this the promo or a sample of the song I think. This is a sample of the song for Awful Swim, but that's out now. You can get it at adultswim.com slash Awful Swim. Uh, I think you'll like it if you like rap music from Atlanta. So let's check out a song.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: what? Yeah. Ass fat, though, deep hair swing, Maybelline. Loaf off of me, she a fan, Vegas, Maybelline. Ass fat,
1: though, deep hair swing, Maybelline. Niggas get to the back, yeah. Throw it back. So that muddy, muddy on Sprite. Yeah, so that extra corona extra. She's so stressful. A and a goblin. Keep on robbing, though I'm they try to me, but I just keep on changing topics
2: and yes uh, those of you with a keen eye may note that the art looks familiar it's all by JJ Villard who uh, has worked on several adult swim shows uh, as well as the creator of King Star King which had a controversial uh, premiere on Toonami.
1: yeah what the uh, hell is going uh, on? The
2: Awful Record guys love love J.J.'s artwork, um, so they asked if they could use him. So do check that out and support uh, Atlanta Musicians. And that's it for this week. Thank you for watching. We'll be back next week, and I don't know what we're talking about, but it'll be great. It's going to be fun. Tsunami now every
3: Saturday night from 10 to 4.